0: What's up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Ben, here to introduce this episode of Tales from the Crypt. The immense pleasure of being joined by Matt O'Dell to sit down with Gabriel Shipton, the brother of Julian Assange. Very heavy episode, very important episode. Yeah. The Julian Assange saga continues. He's being held up in court in the UK. The US is appealing the UK court's decision to not extradite Julian to the United States on the basis that if he were to be extradited, they fear that he would harm himself, potentially commit suicide. Uh, yeah, it's fucked up what's going on, freaks. Do we live in a free country? Julian Assange simply created a website that people would share information with and he would share that information to the public trying to hold our government accountable for killing innocent civilians abroad in the name of U.S. citizens using weapons purchased with U.S. Ta- tax dollars in fiat-printed ex nihilo. It's disgusting stuff. And this man, for sharing this information, is being persecuted, hunted down, tortured, tortured, cruel and unusual punishment. We're just extending this this trial. First, they, they tried to throw rape charges at him were completely unfounded. And when those charges didn't stick, the US years later stepped in and said, All right, we're going to charge you with espionage. This is a very important case, very important story. Mainstream media doesn't seem to want to be covering it. They're burying it under a bunch of bullshit. Nobody wants to talk about this. A very important. Very important precedent being set here. With how journalists are allowed to distill information, and what people are allowed to talk about, the government is not your friend. The intelligence agencies, are, uh, the intelligence agencies are not our friends. They do not give a fuck about you, freaks. <sighs> Listen to this. Spread this. If you can contribute to Julian's defense case, please do so. We're gonna link to uh the page where you can do that you can uh, you can support the defense fund via bitcoin if you want to there's other routes as well yeah make a stink about this share this episode this is like the one time i'll ever do this in the beginning episode like i usually just try to put the content out there and if you freaks like it share it if you will each episode has different varying Degrees of, of popularity on social, but I think this one, I feel compelled to compel you freaks to share it far and wide. This should be the most liked, most retweeted episode in TFTC history because it's very important. We need to get out in front of the US government trying to curb actual journalism. There's, <laughs> there's very few actual journalists and actual journalism outlets that are producing good journalism. They're mostly these days just extensions of the state and state propaganda arms <sighs> feels weird rolling into an ad read here but we have to people paid for that was brought to you by our good friends at the cash app the cash app is you stack sats, send sats, receive sats sell sats if you so please you're saying sats, 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 sats sats are the standard 100 million sats in one whole bitcoin you don't have to set you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin, freaks. You don't have to buy a fraction of Bitcoin. You can buy whole sats. As little as a dollar on the cash app. You can DCA and sats by daily, weekly, bi-weekly, if you so please. You can get sats back. If you use your boost card, you have your sats back boost enabled. You go shopping wherever Visa is accepted with your boost card, and you get sats back as a reward. Cash App can be your back account. They're offering account numbers and routing numbers for you freaks. You can get your paychecks direct deposited into the app. Start stacking even more seamlessly if you haven't done so already make sure you go to your local app store and download the cash app and use the code stacking sats that's s-t-a-c-k-i-n-g-s-a-t-s you are going to get ten dollars and ten dollars is going to to go to our good friends at owls lacrosse that's owls
1: lacrosse
0: <coughs> this trip was also brought to you by your good friends at Hoddle Hoddle. Hoddle Hoddle's is doing incredible things to bring uh collateralized lending products to freaks using bitcoin's native multi-sig properties so hodl hodl uh has put out a new product recently last it's not new anymore. We've been reading this for a few months now, but landed Huddle hodl, HODL. is available to us customers. And that is because it is a new non-custodial Bitcoin back lending platform that allows peer to peer lending and borrowing between users globally, anonymously, and on your own terms. No KYC, no AML. If you're short funds, you don't need to sell your Bitcoins. You get some liquidity by borrowing using a Bitcoin as collateral. You put it again in this multi-sig escrow. It's a two or three signature. You hold one key, your counterparty holds one key and then Huddle Huddle. uh, acts as a third-party arbiter they hold the third key in case anything goes wrong they're there to step in and as the uh, duration of your loan uh, if time passes during the duration of your loan you always have a key so you always have view of your funds make sure they're not being rehypothecated you don't need to trust someone with your funds again it always remains locked in that escrow you control a key to it if you have stable coins laying around you're looking to earn some interest on that uh, you can enter the other side of this loan book put your stable coins up to be lent out to bitcoiners looking to get uh some US dollar liquidity in, via stable coins uh, and you can get some some interest on those on those stable coins so create your offers and set your own terms today at lend.hoddlehoddle.com that's lend.hoddlehoddle.com again available to US citizens you can take advantage of this I've spoken with uh, u.s citizens that have leveraged this platform within the last few weeks and they're loving it pretty seamless leverages bitcoin's native properties pretty dope product this rip was also brought to you by good friends at compass mining compass mining is looking to make it easy for individuals to get into the mining game you go to compassmining.io, mining.io c-o-m-p-a-s-s-m-i-n-i-n-g dot i-o you choose a mining model you purchased a miner compass acquires that miner for you then Once you purchase your miner, you pick a hosting facility with competitive electricity cost. Uh, You pick your hosting facility, you buy your miner, you pick your hosting facility, Compass gets your miner, they plug it in at that hosting facility, and then they start streaming sats to a wallet of your choice. Pretty incredible service they're offering. Uh, If you guys want to get in the mining game and you're interested in doing this, again, go to compassmining.io. That's C-O-M-P-A-S-S-M-I-N-I-N-G dot I-O. Um again, they're just trying to get more individuals into mining, get mining more distributed amongst individuals, which is a good a good virtuous thing i believe I believe at least um last but not least, this rip was brought to you by our good friends at brains. They've got the whipping boy well he's not the whipping boy is the he's the person whipping Ed evenson back there when what's minor get to what's minor os plus firmware out kidding all right brains has recently released two significant product updates that can make life much easier for bitcoin miners especially large operations SlushPool got its first major update in the past couple years and has some new industry-first features. The payout system is ultra-flexible, enabling miners to receive rewards on a daily, weekly, or monthly schedule of their choosing, or to set a custom payout threshold, which automatically triggers the payout transaction when reached. They've also enabled mining rewards to be split within an account. For example, a miner could automatically send a portion of their rewards to a hot storage wallet. I think it meant cold storage while to cover operating on a hot storage to cover operating costs and another portion to cold storage for long-term holding. Or three partners in a mining operation could split all the mining rewards evenly between each other and you don't have to do that manually after the process, after the the sats are delivered to a single address. Also miners have been requesting it for a long time so the team at Brains made it happen slush now has a dark theme for users who want a UI that's easy on the eyes. Visit slushpool.com to check out the update and the dark mode. The other major update is Brains OS Plus Manager, an online platform that enables miners to remotely monitor and manage all their ASICs running Brains OS Plus firmware. This can help miners improve uptime and keep their farms running optimally without the hassle of needing to be on-site 24-7. This is pretty massive. The manager is and will always be free for Brains OS Plus miners, and they can connect to an unlimited number of devices. Security and efficiency were top priorities. Brains OS Plus manager uses Stratum v 2 for smaller and less frequent data transfers, with all ASIC configuration and telemetry data being sent via encrypted connections with which protect against eavesdropping and man-in-the-middle attacks. Very important. Privacy in mind. For details on the manager and how to set it up with your mining operation, go to brains, that's B-R-A-I-I-N-S dot com, and click the Brains OS Plus Manager in the top menu. That's Brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S dot com. Guys, again, very important rip. Share far and wide. Julian needs our help. Very pivotal part of the Bitcoin story himself, Julian Assange, he's being tortured by the U.S. government. Not directly, but they're they're mentally torturing him. And it's time this stops. And not only because it's the right thing to do, but the future of journalism, information, distillation, and freedom. It, it, this is a very important story about freedom in the digital age that nobody's talking about. The mainstream media is not talking about it. Gabriel... Felt compelled to get out the Bitcoin podcast because nobody in the mainstream wants to talk to him. It's crazy that TFTC, this dirty part of the internet, has to be the microphone for Julian's family to get the message out. What does that say? What does that say about the mainstream media? What does that say about quote unquote journalism in today's world? Is it even journalism anymore? Is it simply propaganda? That's for you to decide. Enjoy this thread.
2: Take it.
1: You've had a dynamic
2: where money's become freer
1: than free. When you talk about a Fed just gone nuts. All, all the central banks going nuts.
2: So it's all acting like safe haven.
1: I believe that In a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to
0: devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the
1: victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be.
0: What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. It's your boy, Marty Bent, back i got my co-host, Matt O'Dell, here for the first interview in quite a while, Matt.
1: It's good to it's good to be here.
0: It's, it's good to have you back, and I, I think it's important that you're here for this particular conversation. Before I hit record, I was expounding upon how I'm very heated today, or very energized. I don't want to say heated, because I've uh, just been doing a lot of observation and, and at the world at large right now, and it seems that people are straying away from objective truth. They're being... Uh, driven to a mass psychosis that is being driven by illusions spun up by uh, whatever you want to call it, the media, political, academic class that's manipulating data and information for certain outcomes. And the, uh, our guest tonight is Gabriel Shipton, the brother of Julian Assange, filmmaker. And I think uh, Julian's life mission and what he did uh, while he was. <laughs> not behind bars while he's not incarcerated was literally searched to get objective truth to the rest of the world and so i'm very excited to have you here gabriel thank you for joining us
2: thank you very much it's good to be with you guys tonight
0: yeah i mean so i guess just to to jump into the conversation like what we really want to talk about and get the message out about uh, tonight is the status of Julian's case how he's doing what is um, what is going on at the current moment uh, the way I understand it uh, he there's some holdups in the British courts that the US government is basically causing is that a correct uh, description ofn yeah, so Jul-
2: yeah so Julian basically won, won his case on January 4th um, you know the judge rejected the extradition. And then a few days later, um, you know, the U.S. appealed basically straight away, uh, appealed that decision straight away. Um, and then a few days later, the judge rejected his bail. So he's been, uh, you know, he's been in prison. He's in the third year of his um, in in Belmarsh maximum security prison, you know, without uh, he hasn't been sentenced or anything. So he's just sort of, you know, there amongst like um you know, murderers and violent criminals, um, who most of most of whom have been sentenced, but he's he's just there on remand. So the next uh, the next stage now is that um, the appeal arguments have been lodged by the um, by the US, and uh, a counter appeal has been lodged by the defence. And the High Court in the UK will decide whether to hear the appeal in the next uh, month or so. We expect it could be early as May that they will decide. And it's 95% likely that they will hear the appeal. And uh, you know, uh, the appeal could take place early as July uh, this year. Um, so the, the extradition was rejected on um, uh, you know, like mental health grounds and well-being, basically. So they they the judge concluded that extraditing Julian to the US would would basically be a death sentence for him. The, the likelihood of his suicide would be um, would be so high that you know extraditing him would be he would just uh, likely kill himself. So uh, it was rejected on on that on that um, basis. But all the other points of law, all the um, you know all these sort of charges, you know about uh, these espionage act charges, were all upheld. So uh, it sent, it's it has set a sort of dangerous precedent already uh, in the UK. Um, for for these for, for this sort of reporting.
0: And yeah, if I understand correctly, too, as he's being held up and incarcerated, he's under solitary confinement for for a lot of the days. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, well, ba- you know, basically it's COVID. The, you know, the the prison's in basically a COVID lockdown. So I saw him in October October last year, and and I was the last person to visit him physically, so in the prison. So since October last year, he hasn't been able to see his lawyers in person. He hasn't been able to see any of his family uh, in person. So he's basically, you know, uh, COVID restrictions means that he's in his cell, you know, 23 hours a day. There's no sort of, you know, you can't go out. You, you get one hour of, of, you know, to shower and go out and et cetera. So, yeah, he's, he's basically in, in, you know, effective solitary confinement. He does get phone calls. That's the sort of one thing that's um, keeping him going, uh, phone calls to, um, uh, you know, his family.
0: So how was he How was he in October when you saw
2: him? Yeah, look, he was, you know, he's suffering. He's, you know, he's been sort of on this constant uh, pressure for, for the last 11 years, right? So, uh, you know, that's had an effect on him. You know, I've, I've watched him sort of, you know, deteriorate over over that time. Um, you know, these UN Special Rapporteur on Torture has found that, you know, he's, he's been he's been psychologically tortured and 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 those effects you can you can see. Um, so yeah, it's quite it's quite distressing. Um, but yeah we just have to keep you know cracking on and fighting, trying to um, you know stop, stop this prosecution, have the Biden administration drop these charges, basically.
0: Are you hopeful that that's possible? I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, we just, you know, we just have to keep pushing. I think, uh, you know, it was sort of. I was over in, in the U.S. in January, um, and you know, I was amazed by the amount of support uh, there is on the ground there, you know, from grassroots um, type type people. So. You know, that's really heartening and, and and those, you know, I think that's the first step is this grassroots, you know, push on Congress people and that and, and to get them to sort of really lobby Biden. Um, so, so I think it is possible. Yes, but it's, it's going to be, it needs to be a movement. Basically, it's not, they're not going to just, um, they're not going to just drop the charges without any pressure, I, I don't think. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's so disheartening, right? Like America, land of the free, home of the brave, liberty, freedom, freedom of information, freedom to share information. What WikiLeaks did, again, was basically just share information that was brought to them, and they shared objective truth and said, hey, if you want to dissect this information that we've gotten access to and, and do some journalism around it, here here are the files. And, and the fact that the, the U.S. government, particularly the intelligence apparatus, Uh, around the u.s government is so uh, adamant and it's squashing this information that americans should have access to like no questions asked is quite frightening right And, and this is happening this has happened multiple times over the last decade julian uh being being one one of the individuals uh Chelsea Manning being another, and then Edward Snowden being a third, mm. and many others uh, throughout the history of the United States. And it's—I I don't know if you want to dive into like the the conversation about like why is this happening and why is it so. I know you're you're in Australia. Yeah, I
2: mean, I think I think you're right. I mean, you know, the freedom of information, the First Amendment, the Constitution—these are the great the things that are so great about the U.S. Right? That's every every like you know. I know in Australia we're all sort of you know, jealous of, of, of the First Amendment and the Constitution. It's, it's really, um, you know, an amazing thing that you guys have. And, uh, and, and sort of fighting for that is, is really important. And, you know, I think what's happened here is, is what's different about Julian's case. You know, traditionally, this Espionage Act has been used to go after the whistleblowers. So like you were saying, Snowden, um, you know, Daniel Hale recently, um, uh, Chelsea Manning, um, you know, even uh, far back as Daniel Ellsberg, but uh, but now what they're trying to do is they're is they're they're taking the Espionage Act and they're saying, well, let's you know we can find a work around for the Espionage Act to go after publishers now. So it's not just uh, it's not just the leakers; it's the actual people publishing the information. So that that is a totally new way um, at this sort of you know, 1917 Espionage Act is being used to sort of silence, uh, you know, silence publishers and and governments. I mean, and and these media organisations. Um, so that's that's totally new, and and I think that's or you're already already seeing that sort of chilling effect. Like like every time a sort of national security article comes to Washington Post or the New York Times, then. They have to consider whether they are going to be charged under the Espionage Act uh, for publishing it, and then that has a flow-on effect to whistleblowers. So a whistleblower can can now look and say, well, if I blow the whistle on this and I take it to the Washington Post, then they're not going to publish it because they could be charged under the Espionage Act. So it's um, it's just it's you know total total control over the sort of media landscape by uh, by by you know, basically the security state.
0: and you see it creeping that's even true. further with the the push to repeal Section Two Hundred and Thirty, which would make social media platforms uh, liable for the content posted on their platforms as well. I think it's mm-hmm. a good point to Circle back to the original intent of the Espionage Act, right? Was it was it intentionally for treasonous acts? And that's what makes this so worrisome is because. Basically, again, like what Julian did with WikiLeaks, what Bradley Manning did, what Edward Snowden did was attempt to hold the government accountable for, for actions which they deem to be against the best interests of American citizens, not trying to undermine America, uh, citizen, American citizens at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's basically, yeah, so you're right to know what, 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 what your government's doing in your name. Um, you know, people, people have the right to know this information. I mean, you know, if, you, if you're voting for somebody and, and, and you, don't, <laughs> you don't know who you're voting for, you don't know what you're getting because the information, you're not allowed to see the information, then, you know, what is your vote worth? You know, it's a sort of, it's almost just a performance um, that, you know, you don't know what you're voting for. So, you know, w- w- why bother, <laughs> basically?
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean... Matt and I always have this discussion: Are we free, Matt? Are we free?
1: Um, you know, I got cut off there for a little bit, and it, of, of course, you know, the brain runs wild when you get cut off in a conversation like this. Um, so i I hope I'm not uh, repeating something that was already said. Um, but uh, the uh, the argument is that Julian. Um, Aided someone who was breaking the Espionage Act, almost like provided instruction to break that act. And the defense is that he was that he's a journalist and he's acting in as a journalist and he deserves protection, you know, a, as a journalist under the American Constitution. Um, is yeah. that a correct uh, characterization of the situation?
2: Yeah, I mean, so so I think there's there's one com. The, uh, not not exactly some of the espionage Act charges are, are solely for publishing so solely for putting the information um, up online so there are, there are portions of it where they're, where they're saying yeah there was a conspiracy to uh, you know get this information and publish it which is what sort of right. you know, journal, journalists encourage sources all the time to to get information but there is a there are there are I think uh, 15. Fifteen to seventeen is is solely for actually just publishing the information online. So you know um, this this could be applied to say you know any of these news organisations, any of the uh, any sort of bloggers, any sort of social media that 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 put this information online as well. So um, you know it's 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 not just these sort of journalistic activities; it's the actual act of publishing as well that's being criminalized.
1: I think that so that's a very important point I, I I think what is a, to me as someone who grew up during this this basically this international vendetta against Assange against your brother um, unfold um, what really woke me up to injustice um, motive was the fact that. And people so easily forget nowadays, right? Is that is that he he was in the Ecuadorian embassy in in the UK, um, fighting extradition charges to Sweden for for rape accusations. And I remember clear as day U.S. government proponents saying that this was not anything to do with the U.S. It was completely unrelated. It had nothing to do with it. Yeah. And then that extended, extended, extended. And then only after all of that, and then the rape cases got thrown out, did these espionage charges get leveled yeah. out, him, correct?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just the ultimate FUD, you know, like it's, it's, he's been, there's been, there's been the ultimate FUD being played on him for the last 10 years, basically.
0: Character assassination.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's just a technique you know like they just go after you um, I, I guess really just recently what's just come out in the last few days is um, how the UK government uh, you know basically was was trying to get the Ecuadorian government to kick Julian out of the embassy so they were courting them you know flying them over to the UK paying for their flights and all this sort of stuff like the defense minister from Ecuador um, you know saying you know trying to get them to to push Julian out but but what stopped them was there was resistance within within Ecuador because it would have been very unpopular within Ecuador so then um, so then they they came up with this campaign right where they started leaking things so saying oh Julian's a bad guest in the in the ecuadorian embassy um, you know there's dirty dishes he doesn't look after his cat all these sort of you know, weird stories that just, just keep coming out to change the narrative, to change the ideas of the Ecuadorian people that, um, you know, Julian is a bad house guest, basically. So it's okay to kick him out. And the sort of the sort of culmination of that was this, um, you know, fabricated Manafort, uh, Manafort story that went into the Guardian saying that Manafort went and visited Julian. And it's just, it's a total fabrication. There's no there's no logs at the embassy. There's, you know, the the is totally surveilled. There's no surveillance of Manafort even ever, ever, ever been there. So it's this this these techniques of the of um of, you know of the state are so, you know, they're just sort of laid bare during this case.
0: Was was the Guardian complicit in spreading those like did they know that was the case and published it anyway?
2: Yeah, they changed the they changed the headline, like they they published it and then a few days later, they changed they real they realized that they couldn't like verify the sources of the story. So they they down they changed the headline online and and sort of dumbed it dumbed the story down, you know, put in allegedly and things like that. So
1: I mean um, at that, the time at the time the Ecuadorian Embassy in London was like one of the most surveilled buildings in the world. Like this is not <laughs> a this is not a large embassy. This is not some kind of uh fortress this is it's almost like an office complex it's like this it's a small little embassy quote-unquote embassy that is completely surveilled by not only the UK police um, and special service or whatever they call them over there um, but presumably the whole media establishment, right? Like this is a, a compelling story that can drive clicks. Like they're all watching all this stuff. The
0: is um, all over this.
1: Yeah. So to claim ignorance on a, a story like that uh, is is awfully suspicious in general. Um, the Guardian does have a history in, you know, Assange-related cases. I mean, specifically with Snowden. Um, a bunch of the Snowden documents all got they, they all got wiped from their computers. Um, they said it was a raid that they weren't complicit in, you know, for whatever it's worth in the UK, mm-hmm. you don't really have free speech. You don't have the kind of protections that we have in America. I mean, we're talking about those protections being abused, but still they don't have anywhere near those kind of protections. Um, mm-hmm. and you just witnessed this happen over and over again. It's not a fair fight. It's not, it's, no. it's not, it's not the justice system that is, that is told when you're growing up in America about, you know, how America has this super fair justice system uh where you're going to be tried in front of your peers and i just remember i still remember just growing up being like an impressionable youth and i there was like there was really hard arguments that people were making you know why why is julian hiding from the rape cases in sweden why is he doing it he's not going to get extradited the us doesn't want him like they're not going to bring him over you know and it's i feel like it's it it no one talks about that. like very few people are talking about that at this point, you know, they forget, people forget very quickly.
0: Yeah. It's been mm-hmm. memory hold. Right. And like Matt, I, I couldn't stop thinking about another uh, phrase that's drilled into our head, particularly in c- the context of the ju- judicial system and the court system, the truth sh- shall prevail. And it's like, this is, and it's completely ironic uh, from that. The guardian would be complicit in something like that, considering that, if the intelligence community and the apparatus and the US government gets its way, like it becomes liable for actually doing journalism. And then that leads to the question is do they actually care about doing journalism or are they just an arm of the state at this point? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's questions going through my mind right
2: now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the guy, you know, the Garnier, you know, just just in the last year, they've put out um you know, they've sort of changed their tune, you know, they've seen the, seen the importance uh, of this case. And so they put out editorial um, supporting supporting Julian, supporting the rejection of the extradition. So,
1: you know, I, you know, I
2: hope some some of these people realise that what, you know, what, what they have invested in this case, you know, it, it actually affects them. Um, so, you know, I think you've seen that with, you know, Washington Post putting out editorial, uh, you know, the, the New York Times is putting out opinion in support of Julian. So they're all sort of realizing that, um, you know, w- what this actually means for, for their livelihoods and, and, and their, um, you know, their media entities, that, that, it, that it's, um, it's going to totally just change the landscape.
1: I mean, they should be applauded for that, right? But like every journalist in the world should be fighting for this fight.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Are, you, are you a true journalist if you're not? I don't I don't think you can say so. How has this affected you as Julian's brother? What's this experience been like for you on the outside looking in? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I just, you know, really, uh, you know, I think Julian is, the, you know, I, I think Julian, you know, like for, for me, it's just, uh, you know, Julian's suffering is, is, is um, you know we're just trying to trying to get him out basically, um, you know I, I don't really think about you know how it's affected me because there's uh, people who are you know who are really really suffering in this. Um, so you know I mean I'll, you know I've been lucky that I can you know come and talk to you on this podcast and 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 different things like that. So um, you know I'm lucky that I can I can help in this way. Um, that's okay. basically.
0: Yeah, but I get. To, I think that's one one thing about this Julian's case, particularly, but others like it, is they completely dehumanize the subjects of these stories, the subjects of these cases, these individuals, and 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 treat them as as basically isolated beings that don't have a connection to the outside world or family, loved ones. Uh, they, they create another they demonize these subjects and i think it really does a disservice to the human level of, of these individuals and what their true intentions are i guess
1: <laughs> yeah i mean
2: it's a great uh you know like it's a perfect example of of uh you know what 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 can happen if if you you know draw the ire of 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 these states you know um they can this is this is what is this is what it is possible to do you know to go after people and, and in this manner um, you know that's and so some of these things are like you know the arguments for um, you know pseudonymous publishing and, and things like that like things that are sort of popular within the, the crypto community um, to sort of put up protections how do you protect yourself against these sort of attacks um, that dehumanize you that, you know, give you that ick factor. Um, you know, what what protections can you put in place to, um, you know, to sort of, yeah, you know, protect you from these uh, attacks that are, it will eventually come if if you are on the wrong side of, um, of the states, but of, of you know of these states, state actors.
1: But I mean, this is not an <clears throat> argument that is foreign to Julian, right? Like when 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 he was when he was a, a, you know a young man himself um a lot of his peers said you know you should you know not be so public about it um and i'm I, i'm not victim blaming i think you know julian's one of his legacies will be that he and I, I don't want to put words in his mouth but i i feel what i take from him and what i is, is as a public person myself um is that is that we you can't be scared You can't be scared to speak your mind. You can't be scared to stand up publicly. Um, You should absolutely selectively be private. uh, And there's a place for these defensive measures in terms of protecting your identity and whatnot. Um, But there's great power in being a public figure that, that stands up, would you agree?
2: Yeah, I and mean, Julian's case, you know, um, I think Julian's on the record as saying that, you know, he's he's the lightning rod basically for for WikiLeaks. Uh, you know, that WikiLeaks is an organization, a bunch of people. Um, but he he's been able to be that lightning rod, you know, or, you know, that sort of diverts diverts all the electricity away from the building, right? Like, you know, when the lightning strikes. Um, so that's a you know, that's the sort of part of part of the idea there I mean uh, uh, one of the things is with a you know it, obviously it's been bad for him personally but 10 years ago they they when they published this stuff they 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 knew that they were going to come under attack uh, like this and, and this is this the, the plan that they had I, I don't think maybe they didn't know it would be so bad uh, and and so vicious and uh, but but yeah they knew that there would be um, you know, constant attacks after after all these things they published, like you're sort of kicking the hornet's nest. You know, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to quote uh, yeah Satoshi, but I think yeah that's in, you know what you know what's interesting is that yeah like with Bitcoin you know Satoshi you know with Satoshi that there there is no head there is no uh, you know there is no sort of person to go after uh, in this way. So you know. That, that sort of element of decentralization is, is quite, um, you know, is, is why, you know, there's no sort of central point of attack for Bitcoin, whereas, you know, WikiLeaks, it, it's, 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 you know, infrastructure, it's web infrastructure is, is decentralized, but it has that centralized leader that um, is the focus of all these attacks. So it's an interesting comparison there.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean just like as a Bitcoiner and. Somebody's probably pushed closer to Bitcoin because of what happened to Julian and Edward Snowden and Chelsea Manning. It's fascinating that Bitcoin's path crossed with WikiLeaks in the way it did, where WikiLeaks, at the particular point in time in which they needed an alternative payments network, was almost too much attention for the Bitcoin network at that particular size. And like you mentioned, Satoshi said, "We don't want to kick the hornet's nest right now." Like even Satoshi. Was worried about that and that attention from the state and that ire from the state. And with that comment, you know, some can glean that that he he thought at that point Bitcoin could have been taken down by the state. Um, but Bitcoin did wind up providing utility for WikiLeaks at the end. they still does to till today.
2: Yeah, that's right. I mean, it was the first. Uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, it's the first sort of use case for Bitcoin as. Uh... You know censorship-free money. You know some some money that couldn't be interfered with. You know the biggest sort of. You know WikiLeaks. You know sort of, totally under attacked. You know regulatory attacks and and they. It's when they switched to Bitcoin, it was. You know Bitcoin couldn't be taken down. They used it perfectly. So, sort of, uh, you know, really um, a use case for for showing that 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 Bitcoin couldn't be. Um, you know messed with by by the, by state actors or regulatory bodies and things like that yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: this is getting me all jacked up like I, oh i like want to scream right now like like why, why like why can't we like why are we at a point where objective truth is is shied away from it's persecuted and like, how are we actively allowing the government that's supposed to serve us is supposed to protect our rights to access to information to, to persecute somebody? Like, like, You can make a constitutional argument that this is cruel and unusual punishment at this point with the years that this has dragged on and, and, and considering Julian's mental state with, with all this. like. How do we as Americans allow our government to keep perpetuating this? And obviously Matt and I have been following the story for a while and we're certainly on Julian's side and there's many in the United States and there's a growing grassroots movement. Like you mentioned, coming to his support, but I can't, the pessimist in me can't, can't stop thinking like they don't give a fuck. And like, what does that say that they don't give a fuck?
2: It's like people have lost their, you know, People have lost their principles. You know, it's all—it's become everything seen through political ideology. You know, truth is—you uh, know—truth. You can sacrifice truth for something that you love, right? Like so. So you know, if you whether that's your party or or, or you know, you're trying to protect your family, truth becomes this um, this sort of something that you can sacrifice to to, to get something that you want, you know, I think, but, but, but if we sort of come back to people's principles and, 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 you know, what is, what is, you know, what is actually right, what, what, you know, when it comes down to it, are these war crimes wrong? You know what I mean? Like, do people see them? You know, do they really think that, 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 um, you know, war crimes are right? I, I don't think people do, you know, I think people. You know, everyone generally is, is, is good hearted and thinks that, you know, murdering civilians is bad. So, you know, that's, that's really what, we, what it comes down to. You know, like,
0: it is literally impossible to watch. I mean, the, the famous video in question of the, the American troops shooting a bunch of journalists from a helicopter to know that they misfired, killed a bunch of innocent journalists and not be like what the hell are we as an american citizen like why why are we doing this how does this happen how come there's no accountability and to throw Mm. the person who highlights this in jail and essentially torture them for for years on end like what what does that say about the government that we live under again matt do we live in a free society like what is like how how do we fix this
1: I mean, look, like everything else is nuanced, right? Yes. Um, you know, there's a lot of imperfections in our society, and what 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 I think, and I I'm mean, going back to it again, you know, and I I think it's very important to highlight because it's 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 his it's his legacy and his legacy, Julian's legacy to me will be one of defiance and it's one of it's one of exposing the injustices right and and there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of members of the cypherpunk community that in their view wikileaks should have been something that was a tour only onion only organization that had no formal leaders and had no names attached to it right and julian had a completely opposite opinion on that he, he, he believes that you need to be outspoken, that you need to be in front, you need to be on stage, you need to be talking about these things. And if he, if he didn't do that, you know, if Aaron Schwartz didn't do that, if Julian Assange didn't do that, then we wouldn't be having this conversation today. It, it would be something that's happening on the dark alleys of the Internet instead of being right up front and center. And I, I think that's super important regardless. And they can't take that away from him. And they know that the powers that be know that, and it kills them inside, right? It kills them that they can't, that they can't squat that as far as they're concerned, they'd rather be on no newspapers. They don't want, they don't, they don't care about your opinion one way or the other. They don't want it to be front page news. You know, this idea that that they couldn't pressure the small government of Ecuador, this (laughs) tiny little country to hand him over. They couldn't destroy his reputation through, you know, Swedish rape accusations and now, to this point, they can't—they can't extradite him—is um, infuriating. And every day that it continues is a tragedy. But at the same time, it's an inspiration. It's—it's it's a fight, and I, I think it's important to highlight that aspect because I think it's—it's it's profound
2: and it's important. Yeah, thanks <laughs> for sure Julian would be happy about that. That's very—you uh, know—it's pretty good insight, I think, there. I think it's very
0: important. No, I think I I tend to agree with that, right? Like, what type of society are we? Like, I, I completely respect anybody that uses a nim to put these ideas out there, but if we have to fall back to a society that depends on nims to distill information, and, and you're not able to do it out in the open, like, is it even worth living in? Um, just a rhetorical question to throw out there, like. Is that the world we want to live in i, I would say no I, I, and i've been saying this on this podcast and in the newsletter a lot recently it's like we need more strong men and women to stand up and speak proudly about what they believe in and like matt said that will be julian's legacy that he was a brave individual that was willing to do that and it's it's like i can't stop thinking of the the character assassination that he's been through which has led a bunch of lemmings in the masses to completely disregard some of the information that's come out of WikiLeaks since he's been incarcerated, right? And again, people are going to be like, Marty, like you don't like the left, whatever. But like, honestly, WikiLeaks proved that there was corruption in the DNC, particularly pushing Hillary uh, in front of Bernie in the, in the 2016 election. And, and everybody glossed over that because of the character assassination of Julian Assange.
1: Well, I mean, the hate of Assange crosses platforms. It doesn't matter in America what what party you're a part of. Yeah, um, you know, tr- tr- Trump ele- elevated it, you know, escalated it, and continued it, and didn't push back. Um, Agreed. It is, it is, it is an anti-establishment platform that the establishment is obviously against, which makes sense to a degree, right? Logically, it, it does make sense. <laughs> Not to a
0: degree, like it's, um, literally, they cannot be the establishment if things like wikileaks are allowed to
1: persist i'm curious gabriel like so like so we have we have a a, a very you know freedom focused audience sovereignty focused audience mm-hmm. um what can like what can our audience do productively here like how how do we how do we help this situation
2: Yeah, know well, i guess you know. Uh, one thing is about, you know, just sort of talking about it with your friends and, and you know, having discussions about, you know, actions that you can take and, and your things generate from that. Um, you know, getting on, writing articles, doing uh, podcasts, things like this is all good. Uh, lobbying uh, your, you know, Congress people, your representatives, uh, you know, ringing them up, you know, setting meetings with them, things like that. Uh, particularly in the obviously in the United States, that, that that's very helpful. Um, you know, donations. There's the next stage of the appeal, which needs to be uh, needs to be funded. So we're taking donations. Uh, you know, I think we're accepting we're accepting uh, obviously Bitcoin um, through a German foundation, the Holland Foundation. So people can go to their website to donate. Um, you know, in, in I think there's ten or so cryptocurrencies, um, Bitcoin uh, and, and some others. So yeah, I think I think you know, and like things like this are, are so helpful. Uh, just getting the sort of message out there, um, particularly when uh, the establishment media is 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 um, you know basically freezing freezing it out, freezing out this story uh, at the moment. So yeah, that's what I and, and you know, like like you say, like Julian's fight is is he he is sort of um you know standing up for all our rights. Uh so I think I think you know that comes back to your point, Matt, that that he is the one standing up and that we all sort of need to gather uh behind him, particularly the crypto community, um and and this, you know, those people we need to stand behind him and and sort of you know, support him as, as because he is the lightning rod basically for, for, for uh, a lot of things.
1: So, so I did a I qu- I did a quick Google search. Um, don't extra site extraditeassange.com. Is that a legit website? Is that what we're talking about?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or you can, or the, the, the URL for the su- support Assange dot wow w a u l a n d dot d e uh, then there's there's also Defend Assange, which is the Courage Foundation.
0: We'll link to all <laughs> no, the not sure. show notes too and put it on yeah, the, yeah. the announcement tweet. Um, so you guys can find it easily. It's um yeah, I mean I, I completely wholeheartedly agree. Like we need to rally around Julian again. My personal journey towards Bitcoin, I, I think WikiLeaks and Julian's story probably pushed me closer to Bitcoin, you know, just helping to highlight the injustices and And the the evil that exists in the world, particularly some of the levels of the state and and the fight for liberty in the digital age is upon us. And you have to fight. You can't just sit by and and let this stuff happen. You got to stand up and speak up. And again, luckily we have Julian Assange being one of the the stalwarts of, of the freedom fight in the digital age. And so I guess one question I have before we wrap up here is like, what has Julian talked to you about what he wants to do when he gets, when he gets out, let's talk positive. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, the, you know, the focus
2: now is, is, um, you know, it's everything's focused on this fight. Um, you know, every conversation I have, <laughs> or I've had with him over the past years has, has always been about, about the fight. Uh, you know and and that that is um that's what it's all about at the moment um but yeah i think you know my my dad talks a lot about like what you know will julian you know what will, will he just you know come out and settle down do a pro- take a professorship at some university <laughs> or something like that um, i think i think that's you know that's a <laughs> you know a, a, a sort of you know, lead a quieter life, but I, I, you know, I, I don't know if that- uh, That's never going to happen.
0: Yeah, it's a bone <laughs> yeah, I, <don't>
2: <laughs> I think, um, you know, it's a nice idea, but um, but yeah, I think we, um, you know, Julian Assange that we all know, have um, come to know over the years, uh, you know, he's a, he's a, you know, he's a dissident, a fighter, revolutionary um, at heart.
0: And so when the appeal does officially happen, how long, like how long would that take and could he potentially be free by the end of this year, if it starts in July?
2: Uh, So if it starts in July, then we would probably expect a a decision, um, you know, uh, in the fall. Uh, And then the U S we would expect the U S to appeal to the next court level. So that would be the Supreme court uh, in the UK. If it's, um, if if the U.S. wins the appeal, uh, sorry, if Julian wins the appeal, then the U.S. will uh, appeal again to the Supreme Court, um, and then obviously if um, Julian loses the appeal, then um, he can he can then appeal to the Supreme Court or the European Court of Human Rights. Um, but yeah, it doesn't that you know the judge is not going to give him bail, uh, which is just you know they're, they're saying that you know they're not going to extradite him because of his his um, you know mental health and then they put him back in the same conditions that caused the caused the um the issues in the first place so it's uh it's just sort of more of this sort of cruel punishment that just keeps going on and on in this case that's fucking disgusting
0: it's, it's, it's
2: like
0: okay Gabriel, um i appreciate you for joining us i admire your yeah show. thanks um we obviously here, Matt and I are huge fans of Julian and, and the fight that he's fighting and, and is an inspiration and uh, a hero. I, I'm not going to speak. I mean, yeah, I think I can speak for Matt when he's a hero for particularly the, the topics that we cover, which are freedom and liberty in the digital age. Like, I think it's safe to say that um, he's emboldened a generation to To think about this stuff and to to look about this, look into this stuff and attempt to fight back. Um,
1: the, the important thing that I, I that I want our audience to to realize is you don't have to agree with Julian's political opinions or uh, his slants on things. Yeah, all you have to do is realize that it's absolutely ridiculous that a man has been put through this kind of injustice for spreading information. You, know, you don't have to agree with the information. You could, you could think the information is all garbage and fake even, which it isn't, but you could. It's and cr- still at that point, the, the, the injustice that has been done already is absolutely ridiculous, it's completely unreasonable by any standard at least in Western civilizations. And, and everyone should be against this kind of treatment and people should be for the free movement of informa- information. Um, and Gabriel, I, I, I appreciate that you came on the show. I, I appreciate your time. Um, and and it, it, it's, it's just been an honor to be a part of this conversation with you. Um, and, and just know that, that, that we stand with you and, and I hope that our audience stands with you. Um, and and I hope they consider uh, contributing to the defense fund because because you know at the end of the day um, the U.S. government proved that money does rule a lot around us um, and that's yeah. why the first thing they did when they decided to go after him in WikiLeaks is they cut off Visa and Mastercard and cut off the funding and and yeah. and Bitcoin prevented them from fully cutting that off and, and that's why we're here. Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, the, and the, that's the thing, the, like, Julian's enemies can just keep printing money, right, like that. <laughs> they can uh, pay their bills pretty easily, but, uh, you know, Julian doesn't have that luxury. Um, so, yeah, any support is, is, is really great. And thank you so much for having me on and helping spread the message. Matt and Marty, it's, uh, you know, really, really good. And, yeah I, hope, yeah, I hope that, you know, if we can speak again, it's under better circumstances. <laughs>
0: I'm optimistic it can be. I know I was a little pessimistic earlier, but hopefully the truth will prevail here. And hopefully the message gets out there and and it freaks. If you're listening, speak up, stand up, voice your, your support for Julian, either vocally uh, on Twitter with your family members, with your friends or financially by, by donating to the defense fund, Gabriel, good morning to you where you are. I'm sure you've got a long day ahead of you. Um, Yep. Thank you again for joining us.
2: No, thank you very much.
0: All right, peace and love freaks.
2: Okay. <laughs> See. You. Bye.